Welcome to Prattle World. I am your host, the ever-amazing, ever-spectacular Spider-Dan. And in this podcast, I spotlight entertainment's best-kept secrets that a mainstream audience may find boring. And welcome to Clone Balls, where two similar pieces of media clash to be crowned champion. Two go in, and only one comes out. Ooh, and we've got a doozy. Hello, boils and ghouls. Uh, We are here to talk to classic amicus portmanteau horror anthology so we're going down this tunnel again uh, and we're gonna see which is best out of tales of the crypt and the vault of horror and i have a a, a, a sheer vault of horror there's a lot of horrible things inside him and, and that come out of him as well as i've experienced uh as as our uh, trip to malta has, has shown me the the intense horror that i experienced uh during that stay uh it's dennis whittle you bastard <laughs> you're never gonna let lie are you ever. never never that smell will never 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 flee my nostrils I just, I, you know, I can't thank you enough for um, putting nappy rash cream on me. Any time. I don't think we've told that part of the story, have we, on the podcast before? No. I don't know. So uh, Dennis was having some very intense kind of stomach cramps and problems when we went over to Malta because we both decided to have a Burger King and uh, Bugalug's <laughs> ear forgot his, his, his medicine. I didn't even know he had a problem with his stomach until, until we got there. Uh, and I felt really bad for Dennis. He was in tears. It was cramping. He was in a lot of pain. So I was like, right. I selfishly, I was like, well, I'm not going home. So let's see if we can fix Dennis. So I went down to the chemist and I went, right, what have you got? What do you need, Dennis? What can I get? And I left left him there to kind of sleep it off. And and I got in there and uh, and I asked for nappy rash cream because that's what Dennis asked for. So I, I didn't question it. I was just like, do you have this? And then the lady at the counter, so lovely, so helpful, started telling me how to apply it to Dennis's anus. <laughs> Yes, pull the legs back, but plenty on. <laughs> Apply to the affected area, and I was yeah. like, and she's like doing the fingers and everything, and I'm like, I'm yeah. like, oh, this is this is, and I'm I'm like, because I didn't want to tell her what the actual situation yeah, was. It's so actually I just, a forty year old man. Yeah, it was not a baby. It's not a toddler. It's a someone someone who can apply this themselves and who will apply this themselves. So uh, I knew you wanted to do it, and, <laughs> and you know you could see who I was missing. <laughs> 
I was just like, and I was just, I was just chuckling. Like we had so much fun on that, uh, on that excursion, that holiday, that working holiday. Yes. Um, <laughs> tears of laughter with Ian and, and I just everybody. remember that, um, that fart I did that you inhaled and had to go outside. <laughs> Good God. Yeah. That's why I remember that, you know, you, you know, like, you, you're, apparently the sense of smell is like the worst like this is this is pure horror we're talking about now the sense of smell is one of the, the things that keys into your memory quite well and i can i can still smell that shit <laughs> I can still smell. it wasn't good yeah i was in the toilet with it though i know i know and i had beers with ron mars and stuff yeah well i did i wanted just because you hadn't slept and you you were crying you're in bits and you know and i was like i was like you need your rest so if i'm in the room it's not. It's probably not going to happen. You know what I'm like. I'll talk your talk your ear off. Talk you to death. Anyway, anyway. Enough of our personal portmanteau horror stories. So we, we, we can call little... it um, the vault of horror. <laughs> that's what I was implying earlier. That yes, was that's yes, what I was I implying. I you see, that. you see what I mean. Anyway, to be back. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a hot five minutes. Uh, we we uh, we did do. Uh, we just finished our uh, Grimfest one, so we're back. Uh, talking some classic horror. Uh, what we do best. And luckily, we're both in the same country this time, and we have decent internet connection and no other issues in our way. This is just us doing what we do best. So uh, yes. we're going to compare some Amicus films. Um, you're, you're of the generation that probably watched Amicus films, because I'm not really... It wasn't really part of my TV experience or cinema going experience. Do you have good memories of these films? Um, I used to, I saw them on TV, um, usually with Hammer. So they used to be like Hammer and Amicus. Because Amicus was kind of like the bastard child of hmm. Hammer. But they did some, they did they did it their way. They didn't try really copying Hammer. Yeah. They did stuff their way. And, and you know, and the Portmanteau's kind of um, way of doing things, which I quite like. I quite hmm. like that kind of serial because, you know, if you don't like one, the next one's going to be brilliant or, or yeah, whatever. So it does exactly. go on really well. But I, yeah, I, I like them. They got some really good cast members in, in, oh, yeah. in, in everything, you know. Yeah. Um, like I was going to say, like top tier, top oh, yeah. tier, like yeah. English acting talent. I watched Asylum the other day for the first time and I really, really enjoyed that. Yeah, and, I like and Asylum. I, and it, and it, it, I think the I think the framing device is quite good as well. It's quite clever, and I like that. Yeah. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about the framing devices in this as well. Yeah, um, but it, it was always I was late coming to Amicus because I, I was I'm very much into Hammer, very much into Dracula and Frankenstein and, and things like that. And I never really understood Amicus. I never mm. understood what what it what it was about until I read some comics, and it kind of I went, oh, light bulb came on. Mm. The same thing. Well, these ones are based on those classic EC comics that caused comics to be cancelled. Yeah, I know. Canceled. Back but in the no, day. I, I think now Amica stands a lot more on its own, as its own thing, instead of mm. constantly being compared to, to Hammer. Mm. It's taken a while. And it was basically two guys in a shed who <laughs> 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 kind of put it all together, yeah. um, which which is phenomenal with the quality of what came out mm. of that shed but no I, I i do enjoy them um like i said i, I love asylum i think asylum is one of my favorite pieces from them but i mm. do like portmanters i do like that on pretty much any any kind of movie i do like anthology series me too i think i think for me like you like you we like our short form kind of horror stories or short form like obviously you talked about the shorts in the previous podcast about grim fest and and how much you love them and how much it, it kind of gets to the point it goes right yeah. set up you know, inciting incident finale, you know, it yeah. gets to the point. You don't need, it's not a lot of, like there's a lot of films, like horror films, shit horror films, which are just really long, boring, 
uninteresting. They don't hold any tension. There's, you know, there's like Halloween's a good example of being able to hold tension and not do very much. And there's a lot of shit versions of that, just with loads of padding and long scenes. And I'm, I'd rather kind of them cut to the chase sometimes, you know. Yeah, and also with some movies, you're waiting for that payoff. And if it doesn't come, it's like, I've just wasted two hours of my life. Exactly, yeah. But so- with, with with a short or, or kind of like an anthology, the punchline's there. And yeah. some of them are, are really, really short. And it's, they've mm. got to grab your attention very, very quickly. And that's what I like about these sort of these sort of movies. Mm. And I've you know, we both watch loads of kind of anthologies. Sure. And I also, I also like anthologies in book form. And comics yeah. again for the same um, sort of reason. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I, I, I prefer. I will much rather read a collection of short stories like um, Robert E. Howard or H. P. Lovecraft because it's just like I can get I can get what I want out of it in a shorter amount of time. Again, I'm not really into TV because even though it is a short form m- media, really, the they're very long, and you know I, I could get the same amount of feeling and you know j- enjoyment out of just a film instead of eight series of Game of Thrones and then being disappointed at the end. You yeah. know what I mean? It's the exact same well, problem. It's, it's, and, and also for, from my perspective, I don't have to then explain a two-hour movie to Sarah, you know, because <laughs> only like 10, 15 minutes, 10, 12 minutes, hmm. she gets it. So I don't hmm. have to then explain, this is what's happened there, that's that, and that's that. Hmm. And do you remember right at the beginning when this was said? But yeah, and again, like I think that's the the simplicity of it is also its strength as well. Like, it's very straightforward. There's not many twists and turns and, you know, weird writing going off on tangents and stuff. I couldn't agree more. And there's not many of these sort of anthology which have then turned, been turned into a feature length that has been as that has been as good or as entertaining because there's too much padding then. Yeah, exactly. Well, before we get started, I just as usual, as you know, Dennis, you've done this before, we're going to go over the reasons for comparison. Now, uh, on our on our Discord with the Comics in Motion boys who uh, and girls uh, that I'm uh, involved with and adjacent to that group, uh, one of them one of the uh, the 20th century geek was like, I, d- I don't think there there's much reason to call them clones, and I was like, mm, I think there is. He's like, No, I think it's just the Amicus. It's just a sign and staple of the Amicus, the films, the anthology films. I was like, Fair point. But here's my list of comparisons and reasons for comparison. Here we go. Both films were produced by Amicus Productions. Both released a year apart. Both based on stories from and named after two of EC Comics' most popular horror anthology titles. Both directors, Freddie Francis and Roy Ward Baker, had previously directed horror anthology films and would go on to do more. Both feature a similar framing device that breaks the fourth wall, along with five story segments in each. Both screenplays were written by Milton Sabotsky. Both films were produced by Sabotsky, Charles W. Fries, Max Rosenberg. Both films were composed by Douglas Gamley. Both films have the same casting director, makeup artist, art director, production manager. Are you getting my point now, Scott? Uh, etc. The sets from Tales from the Crypt were redressed and used again for Vault. And in the US, Vault was released as Tales from the Crypt 2. So I think there's enough reasons for comparison there. I don't know about you, Dennis. Well, also, it's the um, only Amicus movies that you, when you buy the DVD, you get them both. Boom! They've been okay. they've been double packaged. Yeah, they've been double. You, you know, been double packaged. You don't tend to buy them singly. You buy them together. All the rest you can buy singly or as one big collection. There don't, you go. You know, you can go out and buy Chelsea and Crypt. You get Vault of Horror with it. 
See, there's even more reasons for comparison. So there we go. Well, let's get started with Tales from the Crypt. So, Dennis, why don't you tell us a little bit about Tales from the Crypt, very briefly. (laughs) Tales from the Crypt, it's basically a bunch of people go have a little stroll, (laughs) formally dressed, which I don't really understand. Very smart, very smart, very very, uh, very debonair. Yes, for um, a tour around the crypt. A dirty old crypt. Yeah, I don't know about you, but when I when 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 I go to a that sort of tour, I don't, I don't wear like a three piece suit. I kind of <laughs> wear my trainers. But anyway, so they, they 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 go into this room. The door shuts behind them. There's some seats set up for them, and then should we call him the crypt keeper? Let's call him the crypt keeper. Yeah, because, yeah keeper. I'm pretty sure that's how he's is titled. Yes. Um. Then speaks to them individually about themselves. I don't want to say too much because we'll no. talk about the again. It's, it's kind of it's like what could have been, what could, mm. what, what you know. This is your personal. What is, this, yeah. is this is what you could do. He's very vague about everything. Yeah, and um, there's a few few kind of like nods to the outcome of them as they're walking mm-hmm. down, um, which is quite cool. And there's only one woman, Joan Collins. Yeah, yeah, Joan Collins. But well, again, we'll get into that. But yes. Um, so the crypt keeper is not the classic kind of famous crypt keeper. He's like a monk, isn't he? Yeah, from the yeah. like he's kind of it's uh it's Ralph Richardson, isn't yes. it? Who plays yeah, yeah. plays him, yeah. who's a you know, obviously a very classically trained actor and in a lot of lot of things, including Time Bandits and Dragon Slayer. And he uh, yeah, it's a very, very cold, very like you know, not matron. I don't know what I like to go <laughs> matron. <laughs> it's it's more thespian, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's more like, like it's more like Grim Reaper. Like, uh, <laughs> it was the salmon moose. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. So it's not your. It's not if you if you're famous with the. Uh, is it John Cassier? I think it's John Cassier who played the yeah. the American one because obviously Americans love this and they love DC Comics in Robert Zemeckis and all those other guys, Richard Donner produced the TV show, which is more popular and more well-known. And they've got their own set of films as well, uh, based on the kind of EC comics as well, like Demon Knight and Bordello of Blood. And, but yeah, so we, we get a very kind of dour kind of monk, very depressing uh, kind of character. So it's not, it's not the, the goofy humor, the no, laugh a minute. No, no. You know, it, uh, it feels, it sounds silly, but it feels cold where they are as well. Mm. The atmosphere feels a little bit nippy, shall we say? Bit chilly. Bit ah, chilly. A, bit, a bit chilly. Which is, now, I think that's because everything's grey, isn't it? So it's always a crypt. So everything's grey, and uh, I like that. Yeah. So let's get on to the first instalment. So uh, it is uh, all through the house. So each of the instalments has its own name. So all through the house. So tell us a tell us a little bit about this one because this could fit right in to my alternativity stories season, but it's not. It's not going no, to because no. we're doing it here. But tell us a little bit about this one. The, the lady um, of the group, um, Joan Collins, lives in a massive house. Got a daughter. Got a nice husband. Nice, we think, because it doesn't last that long. No. Um, <laughs> Spoil- spoilers, by the way. We well, if you know if you know this show. We pretty much go headlong into spoilers without yeah. saying it's we're going to... It's 1972. Come on, guys, yeah. go and watch it. These films are heavily available on YouTube as well, yeah. so just go and Google and you'll find it. For some reason, um, she kills the husband. It's never really explained why she kills the husband, but she does. But it's quite a good scene. Mm. It's um, on back of the head, blood of the newspaper, on the white carpet, I might add. White fur carpet. White I, lo- fur I love, carpet. I love before, before he gets killed. He's a bit tipsy. It's Christmas. You know, you've got Carol singing. 
And he he looks, he puts the present down for his wife and he's like, to the most what a beautiful wife in the world, signed from me with a little kiss. Yes. <laughs> it's, and it's like, and again, you can read this on the screen, so I don't know why we're getting the, the silly voiceover. Signed with a little kiss. Because there's a few things about that we'll get into, which which just, is it a spontaneous kill or has she planned it? Because if she's planned it, she's shit. She's shockingly <laughs> shit. Really, really does need to go back to the planning stage. So throughout, throughout her trying to kind of cover it up shall we say her radio's on and the news that the music's interrupted and explain that somebody has escaped a homicidal maniac is described as dressed as father christmas i love i love how i love how sensitive they are about describing yeah. people with mental health issues yeah. a homicidal maniac yes a homicidal maniac merry and- christmas everyone yes. <laughs> merry christmas <laughs> everyone throughout, throughout this um a daughter i think is called Karen, remember rightly? She's running up instead. Karen's excited about Christmas, wanting to see Father Christmas. She's all giddy, while John Collins' character is running around trying to clean things up. And there was absolutely no way on God's green earth is she getting rid of that blood from that white, furry, matte thing that she was... It was... And what is it with the glass? Yeah, <laughs> she fills the, fills the glass up. She's like, well, I'll, I'll, I'll drink this later. Yeah, Save it's, this it, for later. it's bizarre. It's... And then, Throwing stuff in, throwing things into the into the fire, throwing things into the fire that won't burn. Um, or if they do burn, they'll send out some sort of toxic into the atmosphere, and she'll probably, you know, pass out. Anyway, mm. the story then starts evolving around her panicking um, about one hiding the body, getting away with that, stopping this homicidal maniac Father Christmas, and also keeping a daughter from coming downstairs, seeing her dead dad. Basically, her running backwards and forwards to kind of like the climax of the movie, which. Dan, you can give away the end of the movie if you want to. I can. So uh, so this is based, again, on the very famous, probably the most popular, one of the most popular EC Comics stories. And again, same name. And and yes, yeah, so so uh, she's panicking. She's trying to cover up the murder. She's stopping the kid from waking up. She's, you know, haphazardly trying to cover all this murder up and like, I'll oh, put his body here and do this. And uh, and it's it's like she's she's having to think about on three different levels because she's seen the Santa outside, so she's locking the doors. But then she's like, the body can be seen from the window, da, 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 you know, all this other stuff. And and eventually we realise that the daughter's got up and was so keen to see Santa, she's actually let him in. Mm-hmm. The homicidal maniac, and then strangles uh, Joan Collins in the fireplace. Yes, yes. You see, f- for me, there are certain things that stand out. I've never seen a room, apart from in hospital, looking so white. It's a very, very white room to smack somebody over the head and bleed. It's almost the weirdest phone in the world she picks up to try to dial the police and then decides against it. It's the 70s. It's bizarre. <laughs> the, the, fact, decor. the fact this homicidal maniac, <laughs> Father Christmas... Looks like Father Christmas after one too many sherries. <laughs> you know, you know what he looks like. You know when you get those. Uh, I've I've seen recently because we just had Easter just gone, uh, and they have all these old photos of of, of rabbit costumes and bunny yes. costumes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they're all like really disturbing. It's like one of those where it's like you know really disturbed looking Santas, and he's got the kids on the lap and they're crying. It's one of those, and. Uh, yeah, it's it's good. He does look a bit dirty. He looks a bit dirty. He looks a bit um, grubby, doesn't he? It looks like he's got he's he's been down the mines. Aye, aye, and 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 the presents um a nice brooch, isn't it? A nice mm. shiny brooch that she has on when she's going into the um the crypt to start off Ooh. with. You know, 
know, little mm. little link there, little link, a little link, um, little visual cue. I liked it, and it's, it it does just start again, like we say about um, short movies. It's on the it's on the button straight away. You yeah. know, it's ding 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 ding. Doesn't slow down. You don't take your breath with it. No, you get um, you get the you get the notes of the Christmas song, whatever it is, whichever him or Carol it is. You get him going do do do, sign with a little kiss. You know, and then, and then he gets hit over the head straight away. You're like, right. Okay. Yeah, he she hates him for whatever reason. Doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter though, does it? It doesn't no, no. you don't need any more. You don't need everything being bloody explained. No. They did adapt this for the TV show as well, I was saying. And I think it might be a little bit better in the TV show. It was directed by Robert Zemeckis of Back to the Future fame. They I think they try, he try, she tries to poison the husband first and that doesn't work. And then she hits him over the head. And then she's trying to dispose of the body down a well. And there's a bit more kind of stuff going on because obviously it's a bit longer. So you have to stretch it out a little bit. So you add a bit more depth. And I think you find out why she wants the, I think, I think it is because she wants the uh, life insurance. I think that's, it's, that seems to yeah. crop up a lot in these. Everyone's trying to get life insurance. <laughs> <laughs> like, how, how much, yeah. how much is your life literally worth? Um, <laughs> Is it they've got that they've got that guy that TV the ITV shows on at the moment? Is it the guy from the who tried to goes off in his canoe and dies supposedly, yeah, but yeah, actually yeah. lives next door? Guy in the um, canoe. So it does it does happen for real, guys. It does happen these portmanteau morality plays. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's talk about the next one because we've got a lot of these segments to talk we about. Have. So uh, reflection of death. Mm. So typical 70s, um, you've got a bloke cheating on his wife, basically going to swan off with this new love interest, this beautiful, you know, dark raven haired uh, love goddess, whatever you want to call her. And he is it, he, he kind of falls asleep in the car, wakes up and they have a horrible car accident. I don't know if because it, it's while she's driving, isn't it? So I, I don't yeah. know if that was, that was kind of like. Because there is some problematic stuff in the in these films, and I was kind of like, maybe it shouldn't have been the woman driving that caused well, it, the accident. Yeah, because they they swap because he's tired. Mm, yeah, she, she says, "Shall I drive?" And he's like, "Yeah, of course you can." And the mm. minute she takes over, she crashes. Mm, yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's you know. I mean, maybe I'm just reading too much into it, but that's kind of how it came across. Oh. It is quite a quick. You know, segment. Um, but we we he wakes up, he survives the crash, he wakes up and he's like, What's going on? Where am I? He's, he's completely confused, confuddled, he's probably at his head. I think we do see him hit his head or something, and they tumble down like this ravine. So he's climbing out the ravine, and then it's all basically from his point of view. So it's a it's a very much a kind of Halloween type POV shot, yep. which I which I quite enjoyed. And he's he's wandering around, and every time someone sees him, they're like, hey, "Stay away!" And he's like, "What are you doing? You're weird. <laughs> Help me! I'm in trouble. I'm, I'm I'm hurt." Obviously, he thinks he's like bleeding and gore all over him and stuff, and, and he just goes to see everybody. Goes to see his his ex wife or, or, or well, his current wife, um, and, and she's like, and she's like, oh, "Margaret, help me!" And she goes. Oh, and she breaks down in tears, and there's another man in the room. Um, and then he she goes to quickly. She didn't waste any time. But apparently, he uh, he goes into the, the his love his uh, his adulteress's room or the his lover's room, uh, a flat, and she's now blind. And she says that the accident was over a year ago. Mm, you've been dead for fifteen years. <laughs> it's one of them. And he looks at the. There's a again. We're still in the POV, so it's kind of it's a bit unusual. Um, and it's almost like I don't know. It's it's odd that it's 
done like that, but I think it, it's quite effective actually uh, when you get to the reveal because he looks at the glass table, those classic kind of mirror tables, and then he sees that he's just this desiccated corpse. Um, and it's not the not the last desiccated corpse we'll see in this uh, no, particular no. film. But yeah, what did you think of this one? It was okay. Yeah. I I kind of liked it. I like I liked. I didn't hate it. No, no, I didn't hate it. It just, for me, dragged a little bit. And I, I would have definitely thrown in a joke about um, her being blind when she was driving, but that's just me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's kind of, you see it coming far too early for me, I think. Yeah, a little bit. It's, tele- I mean, it's telegraphed a little. Yeah, yeah, you know what it's going to be. The, the effects are quite good. Mm. Uh, the crash is spectacular. Mm. You know, he leaves his very attractive wife for a very attractive woman. And leaves leaves his kids, the bastard. He certainly does. But again, all of these are like I said, are are morality plays. They kind of yes. go, yes. if you if you are a poor person, a person of poor character, look at all this horrible shit that may well occur to you. If you're yep. greedy, and selfish. None of the men in these movies, in the in any of them, are attractive. None of them. Yeah, I mean, I mean women are stunning. Yeah, but that, that's it's just the time, isn't it? You know, like yeah. Bond girls and stuff. They're all hammer, kind of the build. hammer horror. So yeah, I, 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 th- I think that isn't there. A, am I thinking there's a no? I, I'm thinking about Doctor Fibes I saw recently. This is a, his wife is a picture of Caroline Munro, but she's not actually in the film. And I was like, I was like, oh she. I love Caroline Munro. I don't blame you. She's a very beautiful lady. Um, gave me a hug when I was 19, and I may have kept hold of her a little bit too long. Probably. Knowing you, Dennis. And she helped Sarah get undressed in the toilet. She was trying to dress on. Fair enough. And then critiqued her. So she's... <laughs> you look shit. You look shit, Sarah. You look, you look absolutely... Is that your husband out there? Oh, we can do better. <laughs> I'm sure she, I'm sure Sarah appreciated the critique. I'm sure. Yeah. Ashley said she looked beautiful. And to be fair, she did. Yeah. She looked lovely. She's lovely. But um, yeah, um, but yeah, I, I thought it was fine. Again, it's not the strongest segment in this film, but it's it, there's something there. There's definitely some some fun to be had with that. But uh, yeah, I think I think maybe if it was a bit snappier, or or maybe if someone was somebody else, maybe beforehand hadn't reacted so poorly. Because I, I think I'd, ra- I'd rather have some someone trying to help him who is blind and doesn't mm. know, and then everyone and like he's like, why is everyone running away from you? I don't know. Um, you know, something like that. Like like that homeless man could have been blind, but yeah, you know, like yeah. kind of like you know, like Frankenstein. Yeah. You know, Frankenstein has got the blind old man, he doesn't really know, but he's he's friendly to him. So maybe maybe that would have worked um a bit better. But I thought it was fine. It was again, it's not my favorite segment, but it'll it'll do. It, it goes into like a groundhog day, doesn't it? Because he wakes up mm. after he sees his face mm. and he's oh screaming yeah. and stuff, and then the accident yeah. happens again. So it's yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so he, he, the the waking up from the dream was actually his own fate, kind yes. of cyclical. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know if that needed to be in it either. I'm not sure if that was yes, required. He's being constantly punished for his adultery. Oh, naughty, naughty, constantly naughty, adultery punished. Adulterer, adulterer. Uh, he's got his scarlet should, letter now. Big scarlet. He a on shouldn't his. be dipping his wick. Ian Hendry, that was the actor, wasn't it? Ian Hendry. Yes, yes. Yeah. He's in uh he's also in Theatre of Blood. Uh so check that out as well. Dr. Vibes and Theatre of Blood are both very fun films. See, I can't I can't say blood, I forgot blood. 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 Anyway. I don't drink wine. Wine. Blood. Anyway, what's the next segment, Dennis? Poetic justice. 
Ooh, tell us about that one. Oh, I love this one. This was brilliant. With our, with your mate, Peter Cushing. Uh, Peter Cushing's in it. Robin Phillips is in it. And his dad, David something or other, I can't remember his surname. Very well off, living in this big, big house on a very posh street. And across the road is Grimes Dyke. Mr. Grimsdyke, yeah. Grimsdyke, yes. Mr. Grimsdyke, who's a lovely, lovely man. He's His wife has died. He's a bin man. He kind of looks like he rescues kind of stray dogs. He's always making things for children. They go around and he tells them little stories and things. And just a generally nice guy. These days, the bizarre person say, listen, love, stay away from him. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a different time. And he was yes. a lovely man. Yeah, um, there's no sto- there's no stories come out about Peter Cushing. No, thank no, God. No, no, Peter Cushing. I love God. But James Elliot, who the Robin Phillips character is, yeah. um, basically decides that his little house and these dogs and stuff are basically bringing down the tone of the neighborhood. And his dad said, "Well, you know, he's paid his house, he's paid his mortgage. You know, he's lived there for years. You know, leave him be. There's nothing we can do about it." And James kind of goes, well, I, you know what? I disagree. I think we can do something about it. Mm. And then goes out of his way to smear, have a smear campaign against him. So like, guess his dog's taken off him. And he's like, you know, he comes on from, from work and the dogs have been taken away. He doesn't know why. Then he does go around to like the parents of the children and basically doesn't say he's doing anything, but implies that, he, you know, what, what what's an old man doing with these children, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And even the children saying nothing. He just makes things for us and he's lovely and this that and the other and that breaks his heart the fact he goes home he's got no 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 animals is is the children he's in what can i do myself i you know i make these toys and things for them sits down talks to his picture of his of his beloved who's Mm. who's passed away and what can i do and then well, he gets the tarot cards out, doesn't he? Or yeah, the, yeah. He gets the um, he gets the, uh, the Ouija, Ouija board, board. That's and, and asks, you know, give you know, give me a sign, give me a sign, and it spells out danger. Mm. That's right. Is it danger? I think so. Then the next thing, which is the final insult, really, is a Valentine's Day card. So he comes on from work, and there's oh, he gets him sacked from work because of the, mm. the children yeah. things. So he has no job. Um, comes home and he's got a stack of um, Valentine's Day cards. And he's, oh, this is nice. Opens up, they're pretty. But each one of them is like a poison pen letter, basically, you know, saying he's grubby and he was doing this. And it's all all poems and things. And basically says, you know, you might as well, you might as well not be here. Nobody wants you here. And then it flips to, you know, a few days later and no one's seen him around. No one's this, that, and the other. They go in, Mr. Elliot, what's I call him again? James Elliot and his dad and um, poor Peter Cushing's character has um, killed himself because of because of all this. And it's a really sad and you know he plays it so well, Peter Cushing. You really feel for him because all he wants to do is just kind of do his work, come home, you know, do the you know look after the, his dogs, do all that, and he you can see the sadness in him when he's yeah. getting his last thing. I don't understand why this is happening to me. And it's a little bit heartbreaking when you when you see it because he plays it really well. Yeah. But it doesn't end there, Daniel. Dun dun dun. So it then skips um a year and it's Valentine's Day again. And um James Elliott's going through his draw and finds leftover Valentine's Day cards. And he he seems a bit remorseful, doesn't he? You know, he's he's like, oh, it's just, you know, I didn't do a good job, you know, it's awful, you know, da da da. 
talks to his dad. His dad goes to bed. But then you see a hand in the grave of of Peter Cushion's character, and he's come back a year later to the day. I'm a building up tension here. Yeah. yeah. So um, he basically goes, goes and sees Mr. Elliot. Um, the screaming, this, that, and the other. And the makeup's pretty cool on him as well. Mm, yeah. Um, it's it, He does look quite good as a zombie. And then dad comes down in the morning, there's blood everywhere, but there's a, like a piece of paper with some finger writing on it in, in Elliot's blood. And it says, happy Valentine's Day. You were mean and cruel right from the start. Now you really have no. And as his dad pulls him, pulls the paper away, there's a heart there. Oh, very my, very my bloody Valentine. Yeah, so it's, and it's it's. I, th- I think it's still beating. If I remember right, it still still gets last <laughs> its last couple of dregs out of it. I loved it. I abs- I think this is like because you really really want Peter Cushing to fuck him up. <laughs> I think I agree. I think I think Peter Cushing is. I do I do still kind of think he is a little underrated as an actor. And obviously he stuck to kind of the horror stuff and he did some like he did a couple of Doctor Who films and some other things. But I, I think this is one of his best roles. Um, you know, he he gets the character, he gets the sense of it. Apparently it was a very small character until he took an interest in it because he saw a lot of himself in it, because obviously his wife had just passed away and he was like, Oh, I, I quite like this. So they built up that character. And I don't think you would have seen that in that section. If not for that, I think it would have just stuck with the villainous characters. And again, I think because we spend so much time with Grimsdyke, the fate is so much more horrible. Yeah, yeah. Because you grow to love him and care for him. He's very nice. And I'll be honest, like it, it's a story that could easily just easily happen today. Yes. You know, it like it could easily work. You know, it's it's timeless. You know, people with greed and people have agendas and and people can make up lies about people. Um, and yeah, I thought it was really good. And this is the only kind of villainous character in this, or one mm. of the the people within the the framing device that actually is remorseful. It is like, yeah. yeah, fucking hell, I was bad. I was evil. And it's it, when when the crypt keeper tells him, he says, "I'm not. I'm 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 fine. I won't do anything." He goes, "You you know you mm. will." And then shows mm. him because he's he's convinced that he's a nice guy, mm. um, and he wouldn't do anything to to hurt anybody. I don't think. In his head, he's thinking that he's going to kill himself. He thinks he's no. just going to move. Yeah, he'll move or he'll yeah, he'll give up or do something. Yeah, yeah. I think when he does when he does kill himself, he's like, oh shit, I, I've taken this too far. And even the dad, who's the dad, I don't think the dad's responsible, but he does let it happen. Yeah, he doesn't of. stop it, does he? No. And again, the the implication of the paedophile thing is, you know, obviously nowadays that's a lot more prevalent and a lot more, you know. And again, they don't have to say it; they just kind no, of just but, go because because. You get that little conversation between the mom saying, well, mm. what do you do with our children in that house? Mm, and that's exactly. it. That's all yeah. what needs to be said. You, you get lot, it instantly. Yeah, a lot of it's really understated, but I, I think for me, Peter Cushing's an absolute star in this. Mm. And it's it is one of my is one of my favorites. St- steals the show. I think oh, it, yeah. for me, it might be one of the best, if not the best segment, maybe second best segment for me. Um okay. it's it's so, so strong. And again, Peter Cushing, you know, we talked about your mate. Christopher Lee, and we we've not really talked about uh, Mr. Cushing very much, but I, I've always enjoyed his work. I, I think he's got a very unique look, um, and he brings everything to the role, mm-hmm. no matter what it's in, no matter, no matter for it's fucking garbage. If it's you know you know Biggles or something like that, he, he still brings his absolute fucking A game, regardless of what the subject is or what the it, quality it, of the film is. 
he was very kind of he's understated as a man you know he, he used to spend time in just a cafe I think I mean Dunstable and just sit there and drink tea and look at the sea and look what's going on and there's a there's a little interview with um him and Vincent Price about being typecast and Peter Cushing kind of and Vincent Price has the same sort of things so as long as people are still enjoying these pictures I'll keep on making them because, mm. but I do miss a nice cobbled street and a, and a, a nice bit of fog. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the sort of person he is. Oh, yeah, and a, classic. And, a, and a, an old and a very old castle with a, with a squeaky door. <laughs> <You know? laughs> the creaky door. No, um, that's going to be the name of my horror film. The creaky door. Um, good, good, good work. Yeah, good work. I mean, it's it's been done enough, hasn't it? But yes. Uh, so yeah, that was that's poetic justice is a good title for that one, I yes. think. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there you are. Um, so next up is wish you were here. Now, this is a this is a quite a, an interesting one because it's kind of a play on the monkey's paw. So obviously you get the get the monkey's paw, and every time you make a wish, you know one of the fingers goes. You can't make any further wishes, but it always comes with a price. Be careful what you wish for. Um, so we have a very rich gentleman who's going bankrupt and borrowed money and used it to gamble and or put it on stocks and shares, and it's all just gone to pot. And and basically, he's trying to sell off stuff and trying to recoup some of the money. And him and his wife are looking around going, oh, look at this thing and look at that thing. You remember this? Do you remember when we bought this? And it's like, oh, yeah, very, very good. And then and then they look on this um, this Chinese statuette and they find an inscribing. Somehow they make out that it, somehow it's in English as well. <laughs> 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 They're just like, oh, yeah, it's all in English. Look at that. The important bit's missing. <laughs> yeah, as always, as always. Yeah. But then the, the thing is, it's quite it's it's kind of a bit meta because they know the story of the monkey's paw and they're talking about it and they're describing yeah. it. And he's against it, isn't he? The, yeah, he doesn't the, go. He, he yeah. says, "Don't do it. Don't no. don't wish this. It's not going to work. It's not going to. You know, it's silly. It's nonsense. It'll never work." And then it comes true. Like the first wish is that, oh, we wish we had lots of money or something like that. And then he goes off, and you know, and then he, I think, yeah, he he dies. Um, on the yeah, oh, there's that great segment where he's driving, and there's yeah. a motorcyclist behind him who is basically death, and he uh, he dies in the motor motor accident, and she claims his life insurance again, life insurance. Everybody get life insurance if anything. <laughs> don't, get, don't get life insurance because you're gonna die. You're gonna die. You're, you're definitely gonna, gonna die. die. Or oh, someone's gonna kill you. Uh, Your wife. I didn't, I, I didn't have the salmon moose. <laughs> Sorry, go on. Anyway, every time you mention death, salmon moose. Uh, that's gonna be that's our new term. That's our shorthand for death now. Even though death is a short word, we're gonna say, oh, it's, oh, it's, oh, oh, he suffered a, a horrible salmon moose. Uh, there you go. But yeah, he and she inherits the money off his death. The solicitor and the who's also a friend is involved, and now she, he's in on the thing, and he knows, and he's like, "Don't make another wish, you idiot! Don't do it!" And again, the monkey's paw, the monkey's paw. They keep like hammering it home, but all the while they're trying to avoid this curse, this monkey's paw element. They're, they're because they're trying to smartly think their way out of it. They're like, "Oh, careful what what you wish for." So I'm gonna, it's like Homer in that in that Simpsons episode, <laughs> which is again, Treehouse of Horror is a great yeah. anthology as well in the Simpsons, and he's like you know that asks for the sandwich i don't want any zombie turkeys i don't want any of this you know it's quite that's quite like this in a way but she says i wish him back to to life before the accident because they're like oh if you wish him back is it's a, it's going to be a mess it's not going to work because 
he is, you know, is not, it's not in one piece. Basically, is what they imply. You don't see it. And then, uh, and they went, oh no, he didn't have the accident. He died before, so he had a heart attack. So he's now he's had a heart attack. So they bring the body in, and then, and then they're like, right, now I'll wish him back to life. Uh, and they wish him back to life, but he's he's full of embalming fluid, so he's writhing in pain, like. Kill me, kill me. Uh, it's like the guy in Robocop. Kill me. And, they, and then she starts hacking away. And quite brutal for like a 70s film. Quite, you know, and there's lots of bits and buttons. There's a there's a hand flopping about. Uh, he's sitting just near his face and he's still screaming in pain. And she's like, he's still alive, even though I've chopped him to bits. <laughs> and it kind of just kind of just ends there. It's like, well, careful what you wish for. Pretty much so, yeah. Be careful what you wish for. So there you um, go. Yeah. What do you think? Of, what do you think of that one? I liked. I liked the monkey paw stuff anyway. Yeah. Um, because I think we'd all like three wishes, but we'd all fuck it up. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. One way or the other. Well, that, that, I mean, that's what it's designed for, isn't it? Yeah. You, you can't. Yeah. You can't have. You can't have a shortcut. It's all it's this thing. Very things. literal as well, isn't it? Oh yeah. Careful what you say with it. But no, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was yeah. um, a good staging. I did like the salmon moose following him um, <laughs> <laughs> on the motorbike. If that was a very nice ghost, very book. ghost rider, wasn't it? Oh yeah, which I quite liked. Um, but no, I thought it was good. I, I again, yeah. the one thing about all these, I think the entire cast, no matter whether they're in it for four minutes or whether they're in the entire thing, is the absolute a yeah. game and every one of them. I, I do I do think the acting is the strongest thing about both of these films. I think it's going to be a hard decision to make to choose between the two films in regards to the acting because I think it is the cream of the crop of 70s acting English talent and there you go it just it's just brilliant and the final one is probably the creepiest one and it, de- it definitely has a little bit more room to breathe <laughs> to breathe than some of the other segments. I like this for all the wrong reasons. I'll be honest. <laughs> Let's let's hear it, Dennis. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Uh, blind alleys. Blind blind alleys. So uh, there's um an institute for blind men. A new guy takes over. Um, Major William Rogers with his um German Shepherd Shane. Normal name for a dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he takes takes on this role. He has a little tour around, and um there's a couple. There's there's one guy who's who's almost like. The spokesman for for everybody, and I cannot remember his name. Patrick McGee, who's uh, Patrick McGee, there the, we quint- go. the quintessentially creepy old English guy. My first take of this, they go up and he guesses guesses meal, mm. and it's really nice. Yeah, it's almost an assault course to get back to your table, and the blind. So straight, what are you thinking? Oh. Well, I mean, you assault know. course is quite is quite <laughs> apt because he's a, like an army drill sergeant, isn't yeah, he? So. But you're thinking, he's not, he's not going to get that meat and two veg back to his table. But he does anyway. Dennis, so- I, Dennis, I'm sighted and I'm that clumsy. Once I hold, once I move a plate from the kitchen, I'm already spilling it. So it's like, yeah, I, so, I don't know, I don't know how they like cope. The, as I said to you before, they like your mate, Daredevil. They can actually see anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not go down that rabbit hole again. <laughs> so one one of the things that the major, who he likes to be referred to as the major, major Philip, um, has decided that he's going to cut back on a few things because he's going to work within the budget that he has. This budget's never discussed, but he's going to work within the budget. So first thing he does is turn the heating off at night, which is a bit mean. And takes away any extra blankets. All the while, very it's not very blatant. But he is he is treating himself and oh, his yeah. dog oh, to like yeah. to like Steak. the heat, heat, 
the the they're getting everything that the blind people are not getting within this yeah. home. He is treating himself. He's very over, much so. Gorging on all the 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 benefits that and, he and has. They're having a kind of weird stew thing. I think it's probably cabbage stew. Um, and even even like the the cook is saying, I can't, "This is all I can do. There's no seconds anymore because this this is just basically it." So he's basically starving them. He's freezing them. And there's one particular guy who gets a little bit poorly, coughing in the night and it's cold. So um, McGee, is it Uh McGee? Yeah. He goes goes to see Major to kind of say, listen, this is what's happening. And he basically dismisses it. But when he goes in to tell them about this, he sat there, massive long table, glass of wine. The dog's having his leftover steak and he's, Mm. I'm working within a budget. I'm working within a budget. Eventually this, this guy dies of um, hypothermia, which we yeah. say, it probably will be, won't it? And the rest of the um, blind men, because it's mm. Blind Men um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Institute, get a little bit annoyed at this. They get a little bit, a little bit annoyed. And led by uh, McGee, they basically kidnap Major, drag him to the basement and lock him in a room. Yeah. But they've what they've done before that, in the room next door, they've enticed his dog, Shane, it's a weird. Every time I say a weird it, name for a dog, Shane the dog. Shane, Shane the dog. Come here, Shane. Come here, Shane. Come yes. on, good boy, Shane. Good boy, Shane. It's. I, I feel like he's going to be like a member of Boy Zone coming up to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's weird. So they put Shane opposite. So the major's in one area, Shane's in another area. These two mm. little things, and then the blind guys <laughs> build a maze, which is amazing. Because they're blind. It is amazing. Blind leading the blind. And I, I said I said to Dan after I watched it, he goes, you know, I'm I'm quite handy. Uh, I know you're not as handy, no. but you can see. I'm shit and, at most things, Dennis. <laughs> and, and I'll be perfectly honest, I couldn't have done that, Maze. No. No one hits the fingers. Nobody gets a splinter. You know, just get on with it. And they also, when the other orderly comes to have a look, they also manage to bundle him into another room. <laughs> Using the wooden sticks with the with the white wooden sticks, but anyway, regardless, the, the so, ingenuity of, of these characters is yeah, great. It's great. So this goes on for a few days. Bang, you know, you can see the the light changing outside the window. He's basically, you know, look, don't feed me. If you don't feed me, feed Shane. And the little hatch opens. He goes, oh, Shane will have some food soon enough. <laughs> what voice that? is that? That's not his voice. He's more like. Sergeant Major. He's more like that. I don't know what voice you would do. I like mine. (laughs) Yours is like a Jimmy Savile voice. (laughs) Well, he's a bit weird. He is a bit weird. He's not Jimmy Savile, though. He's a monster. (laughs) Don't want to be stuck in his crypt. Fucking hell. (laughs) Anyway, let's not split us over whose voice does what goes what. Anyway. Uh, It's all right, Dennis. I've had years of actor training and experience. It just comes with the job. Actor! (laughs) Acting talent! Jesus, acting. Do we ever give it a rest? Anyway, <laughs> so the the maze gets complete. The door is open, and Major walks out. And you know he's pretty much kind of shit. They made this chicken wire. It's sturdy. So he's off walking down the the this little maze area. Very narrow. Very narrow. Very narrow. Yeah. Lights are off. Then they're on again. And um, one buddy goes, "Ow!" Lights go on and both sides of the maze has razor blades sticking out of them. Mm. 
a bit a bit saw-esque yeah i was gonna say that it is a little is you know that kind of death trap you know you you can choose to live but you can hurt yourself more if you're gonna live but gotta take that risk yeah there must be i'm 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 at 100 razor blades there Hmm. and not one of them gets a nick from them and the blind anyway so he finally makes his way through. It is a comic book. You've got to suspend your disbelief a little bit, Dennis. <laughs> I just, I just found it really funny. <laughs> he makes his way through area of razor blades, walks round, and he's directly in front of a door. So McGee opens the door with a piece of string, and out pops hungry, snarling, slavering Shane. Some <laughs> <laughs> boys on. Um, so Shane basically then runs at the Major. Major fills his pants there and then, turns around and starts running back to his his cell. And as he gets to the wall of razor blades, he's like, right, I'll start walking down again. Starts doing a little shimmy and the Mm. lights go out and then you see a barking and and tearing and stuff. Yeah, this was was definitely one of my favourites. I love how kind of unnerving it is and disconcerting it is. And there's lots of of moments where he could be the better person, be the bigger person, go, Mm. okay, I'll, you know. And they even suggest, like, you've got some art on the walls in a blind home. Why don't you fucking sell this? We're not seeing this or looking at it. We're not benefiting from this artwork. So just fucking sell it. Like, And, you know, he's like, he can smell what he's eating. He's saying, you know, we experience things much more acutely than you do give us a break and it, it, he tries and the, and then he and then he sets the dog on him and they're like oh fucking hell uh so they they trap the dog and then even and even when he's trapped the sergeant major you do kind of feel sorry for him and the dog because they're starving the dog and the this and the sergeant major's like please just feed my dog if you're not going to feed me feed my dog and you even you go oh, does he deserve this and then you're like yeah he kind of does but does he and and then you're like, how cruel is this? And I kind of like that, you know, the whole idea is that he takes away, they take away his sight yes. at, the, at the time he needs it most to get their revenge. Um, but yeah, I loved it. I think I think Patrick McGee is one of the best things in it as well. I think yes, I'll go with that. just as strong a performance um, or maybe not quite as strong as maybe Peter Cushing's, but it's one of the most memorable performances in this film. And yeah, I just to be reasonable as well, you know. Again, again he gives him a he chance. Wants a blanket. He, yeah, he's like, <laughs> yeah. can we have some blankets? He's like, no, I can't afford it. Nah. Uh, and then again, he's like got his fire on, he's got all this food, like really fancy food, and they're having like basically gruel. And yeah, I thought it was really good. And and again, you know, you could you can, there's a lot of political allegories in there as well. Oh, I yes. think there's a oh, you could yes. see a, a Tory party, Tory party. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um not political at all. I'm not very political, but yeah, uh you can certainly see the haves and the haves not oh yeah perhaps um if you want to look into it that deeply but um but yeah i thought it was an excellent story and a good a solid finale but now what about the framing device we come to the end of this with our framing device and what is revealed dennis as you probably have already teased the reveal of the oh the the end of the, the end yeah of the, the end of the thing. film that's it yeah sorry <laughs> <laughs> We're going to reveal that actually Dennis is dead instead of all these people. <laughs> he just died on me. Totally died. Oh well, we're still we're still going. Oh shit, we still got I, I another was, film to talk about, Dennis, and the I comparison. Was literally hanging on every word you were saying to the point that you know you just I just got I think sucked in by your De- words. Dennis, Dennis went blind for a second. <laughs> anyway, so anyway, um, 
so at the at, at the end the um i'll go back to the crypt the crypt keeper is kind of sat there oh i forgot a little bit the, the major is also a dick when he's in the um crypt as well isn't he yeah he's an asshole yeah well he's yeah. just an asshole all the time yeah he's but- an asshole yeah and there's the the bit also we got to mention like the bit where the guy is like literally we need to call a doctor this guy's dying he's like no you don't don't be this three in the morning what are you doing D- stop yeah. bothering me they're like we're freezing to death he is coughing his guts up he is dying please call a doctor and eventually he goes <sighs> okay slowly puts on his is you know his um, dressing gown goes down and he's and he doesn't even know who he is he doesn't no. even know who this guy is and he's he's like what's his name where is he. And even the blind guy <laughs> literally knows exactly where he lives, knows who it is, and points yeah. directly to him, even though he's blind. He knows exactly where his bed is. And he's like, oh, let me check him. And he's like, oh, shit, this guy's dead. And it's like, and that's the turning point. Because even even though he's he's very begrudgingly doing something nice, he's actually just, he's still, via the delay and all the shit he's done, caused it, you know, it's manslaughter, I guess you could call it probably, um, more so than anything or... But yeah, he's 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 he is complicit in this man's death. So very much so. But yeah. So but the, the, the frame of device kind of sums up what's kind of kind of happened, sort of thing with the with 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 the group, and says, "Right, you can go now. Off your pot." This door opens. There's a white light. Um, I can't remember which one stands up and walks forward first. It's the first. it's the guy it's the guy from the monkey's paw story. Yeah. So he walks up to it and goes, "Ooh." I can smell something burning. <laughs> what is that smell? Because what do you think? And he debate, and then he just falls into this. Yeah, all of a sudden. Yeah, hellfire of hellfire. Which so they're they're all basically in hell. Already dead. Surprise, all surprise. Already dead. Burning. Also being lectured. There's nothing <laughs> yeah. worse than being lectured when you're dead. I mean, that's um, that's that's hell. <laughs> I've I've been to a lot of lectures and they certainly felt like hell sometimes, Um, depending on the lecturer and the lecturer. um, It does, it does feel like that if if it's a bad one. At at the end, you know, the crypt keeper kind of turns around and says, and now who's next? And he turns the camera and just says, perhaps you. Dun, dun, dun. And looks right at you. Yeah. And asks you, what have you done? Yeah. It's really bad. Are yeah. you a bad person? Do you live life well? Are you good? Do you deserve to be dressed in a suit to go to a crypto without any sen- sensible shoes? <laughs> sensible and l- shoes. And then lectured. lectured. I wouldn't mind it, but I don't want to hear what the other four people have done. I don't give a crap about them. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me what I've done. It's about me. Again, again, Dennis, all yeah. about you every so- time. What, what about me? What about me? Tell me what I'm. Tell me the horrible things that I'm gonna do and I've yes. done. Says the actor. Mm. <laughs> I've done a lot of horrible things. You've seen them. They're, they're have, on YouTube. Um, <laughs> that was one of my favourite things. Going to see the Batman was hearing Andy Serkis deliver one of my lines from the Batman fan film, yep. and because he's the closest to like a Cockney Alfred, I guess. Well, I guess they're all a bit Cockney, aren't they? Sean Pertwee and Michael Caine—they're all a little bit Cockney. So, yeah. It was that was I, I, I chuckled to myself. Nobody knew, nobody knew what I was chuckling at. But. Yeah, and, and it looked even worse because both me and Amy looked at each other and started chuckling. They must have thought we were insane. Yeah, probably. Probably. I mean, I mean, they probably do already. I mean, I mean, look at you the two of you, mental. You're mental, you lot. That's not nice, is it? No, but it's it's true. But it's in, in a, it's in a positive. I use it in a positive light. You're going to end up being lectured by the crypt keeper. I'm telling you, probably. Maybe I'm already being lectured by a crypt keeper. Oh. <laughs> 
maybe you've got the devil's fork up your bottom. Uh, anyway, let's do, speaking of bottoms and your vault of horror, let's carry That's on nice, to the next one. It? Let's carry on to the next one. Uh, the vault of horror, uh, starring Tom Baker, the doctor. Um, so we've had, we've had a Doctor Who in both, um, or a Doctor in both of the films. Uh, so yeah, uh, Denoel Elliott as well from Indiana Jones is in this mm. as well. Some other people, um, Terry Thomas as well. <laughs> some other, other people. people. <laughs> some other people. You know, people are there. Uh, Anna, Anna Massey as well. Some other some other uh, quality. I, re- I I watched this first segment and I was like, who do I know? Where do I know that guy from? The main guy in this segment. And I realised because I, I watched Escape to Victory or Escape from Victory, Escape to Escape Victory, to, Escape to Victory, to, Escape to Victory, which uh, is which is best basically Sylvester Stallone's best ever role. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about this one. So uh, the framing device for this one is that there's some men in a lift and they <laughs> they accidentally go to the sub-basement yeah. and, and then they're like, oh, this is swanky, this mirrored room. Um, well, the, the lift won't move, so we might as well just stay here and talk. <laughs> That's that's kind of it. <laughs> there's no, there's no Crypt Keeper character. It's kind of just like, it's, it's just like, oh, we're at a gentleman's club. Yes, let's just sit around here and discuss our dreams. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and it's kind of like, at least with the Crypt Keeper, he's he's going, "What have you done?" Or like he conjures, he almost conjures the story mm. or pulls it out of them. With this, he's just like, they're just like, ah, let's have a drink. Anyway, have you ever had a weird dream? <laughs> it felt so real. Have you ever had a dream that's real? Um, yeah, it's just I, I don't know why that's your first go-to. Not like, who are you? Where do you yeah. come from? Have you lived What's in the building today? long? Yeah. Why are we down here? Were you here for a reason? You know, it's just very odd. It just begins. Um, so, yeah, I wasn't entirely sold by the beginning of the, the framing device, I'll be honest. Um, and then tell us about the first segment, uh, Midnight, Midnight Mess. Mass. Midnight Mass. Um, basically, mess, not mass. Mess. Oh, yeah, mess, sorry. Harold Rogers is mm-hmm. looking for his sister, Donna. <laughs> I don't know why I laugh at it because I used to know someone called Donna. Anyway, um, uh, tracks it, tracks him, tracks her down to um, a village. Goes into and asks if anyone's seen her or whatever. Well, also don't forget he's had a private detective find his sister. Yes, and he's killed off the private detective. He's like, yes, no one saw you come in here. That's yeah. the information I want. So <laughs> strangles him or stabs, stabs him. Um, Whatever. <laughs> and everybody he meets in this little village is, is a little bit odd. In the you know, they keep saying, Oh, oh, we, we shut at eight. So why do you shut the way he goes? He's in a pub. We shut it. You can't shut at eight out. I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. We'll stay open then. Just for you. So they were saying, like, you know it was like when we went to Malta. It was like it's Friday night. <laughs> closing at <laughs> closing at seven. <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing? It's weird. Um, so he's he's wandering around this village. He eventually catches up with with his with his sister, who's like shocked to see him. Like, what the we you doing here kind of stuff? You know, this is this is not, you know, why have you come here? And he goes, Well, father has died, and everything in his estate is left to you and me. Again, money, mm. you know, life insurance, life insurance. So it's split between us, unless you know you're not around and stabs her. That was that's another that's another thing a comparison. They're all a lot of the segments are about life insurance in both films. Yes, <laughs> should, there you go. There's another reason for comparison. But yeah, kills her out of the blue, just stabs the shit out of her. You know what? I'm gonna go and have a dinner. Bit peckish. Bit peckish. I'm, I'm gonna go. <laughs> that was hungry. That was hungry work. That murder. 
<laughs> I want to go back to the pub that I've demanded stays open for me to serve me. Goes, goes back to um there, starts um munching away at his, at his local restaurant, and mm. the food's a bit bit beetrooty, bit red, <laughs> it's a bit it's a bit dodgy. Um, and then Donna appears. She's not dead. She's undead. In fact, she's a vampire. In fact, the whole town of vampires. <laughs> Which is a lovely, lovely reveal as they pull up a curtain and it's a giant mirror. And the only person that yes. is in the mirror is uh, yeah, is the that, brother. That, that is absolutely pretty cool. I like yeah. that. I'll tell you what I did did like as well is the he keeps bringing over the food and he keeps like, it's not quite right, this. And he's yeah. like, don't worry, I'll get... Oh, yeah, he's like... And it's like, well, it's it's the usual, sir. You know, it's yeah. it's the it's what we normally have. And he's like, okay. Um, and he's like, oh, uh, oh, um, yeah. So this is a nice tomato juice. This. And he's like, yes, tomato juice. Tomato. You know, so stuff like I, that. I love, I, lo- I love the kind of like, the, like it's almost like they think he's been a bit wry with his humour, but actually, he's just, he's just like, what's going on? I think he could do with another ten minutes in the microwave. You know what you're doing? <laughs> yeah. He's one of the, he's one he's one of those weather spoons people that goes in and complains. It's like yes. it's yeah. like it's been microwaved. This where they're like, what are you doing? Well, it, um, well, it has. It has been microwaved. I also think it's the worst worst vampire teeth I have seen in a long time because they're yeah. all stuck onto the lips, aren't they? They're not really. Yeah. You know what? I don't know why I'm showing you because no one else can see this. No, he's he's, got, he's making uh, long gestures with his hand, showing me the the long teeth. But yes, well, it's not. Donna, Donna's Donna has proper fangs. Her, yeah. her mouth is different. Everyone else is like, oh. So they basically. So I think I think it's probably because they blew the budget on her teeth, and then they just didn't bother with anybody else's. But um, they they absolutely like you see it off camera, but they absolutely just maul him and turn him basically into a bloody wine bag, don't they? Yeah, they stick his um thing in the jugular. She drinks yeah. her brother. Um, which I might add, um, you don't see in the American version of it. They cut really? Out. Yeah, they black they black it out. You just see her drinking the glass. You don't actually see what. There you go. Uncut. We watched it uncut yeah, on YouTube. Yeah. Bloody, <laughs> bloody Americans. Who, the bloody you know, version. You can take anyone to the cinema you want, but we're not showing a, a bit of this paint. And also, out. and also, you can take guns into a cinema. Anyway, politics. Moving on <laughs> swiftly. All right, Pierce. <laughs> Let's move on. Not Pierce. No, do, do not compare me to Pierce fucking Morgan. Jesus Christ. All the pundits and people to compare me to. Don't compare me to that uh, shit listen, house. I, I, I compare you to, to people of much higher stature than that. Much higher. Good. You know, like so, Fiona Bruce. Fiona <laughs> Bruce. <laughs> right. Anyway. Anyway. Anyway, um, it's a weird tangent. Let's go off it. Next one, I think, is possibly the worst segment in both films. Oh, God. It yeah. is fucking dreadful. I don't, it, I, I don't get it. I think it's trying to be funny, like darkly humorous, but it doesn't really work for me. Terry Thomas is this aging uh, old man. I, I, he doesn't, he's rich. He's a neat freak. And uh, and his wife, uh, who is the the feminist uh, mother from Mary Poppins, she's in this. Can't remember her name. I think it's Glynis something, Glynis Jones, something like that. Yeah. And she is. She, he's like, oh, by the way, like he's in a restaurant. He sat next to a guy. He's like, oh, by the way, I'm getting married to a young lady that I used to know of a friend of mine. And I, I was going to say, she's not entirely. She's not entirely young. In any way, um, like no. she's she's in at least her forties, the very least, forties, like fifties. They get married like after we're well, you know, oh, I'm going to marry her. All right, yeah, because that's how it was done back in the seventies. But she kind of explains that she had no money, she had no skills, she couldn't get a job. 
you know so she's kind of like oh well this is this is what the best thing i can do you know dad's gone da 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 da, da. and he is the this obsessive obsessive neat freak he needs everything everything in a place and you know every everything you know everything is place and everything in place or whatever the saying goes i can't remember what it is he really talks to her like shit as well though. oh it's it's very it's very it was very like uncomfortable like it's like not. From, from a 20 from a 2020, I mean, it could be it could be more uncomfortable. It could be more yeah. aggressive. And but... I think they do try, to, like you said, they try to kind of carve it in with with a bit of comedy because the bit when he's trying to find his his iron and he puts her knickers on. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's quite funny. And, yeah, and those kind of things. But it's if you watch it with today's eyes, it's yeah. very much psychological, isn't it? It's very much. Yeah, the battering yes. of, of of the 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 self down, the psychological bullying yes. and stuff, you know. And and I, I can definitely see that, but I don't think it's done very well. I don't think it's the the type of story you need to inject humor into. I think if they went full into the horror, I think it would be more effective. It's almost like carry on. A little in, bit. In parts. Like Terry Thomas is a is a comedian, a comedic yeah. actor, more so than anything else. And and it just, yeah, it just doesn't really work. And then it gets worse and worse and worse. She's quite clumsy as well, unfortunately. And and there's a moment where where right at the end, the kind of finale, she's stressing out and going mad and she's trying to absolutely trying her best to keep the house in order and everything. Um, but it, it does come across like the idea is that he comes across as this sexist pig and you know, misogynist and stuff. And she eventually she calls, she knocks something over, spills a drink, and then the next thing she does is try to do like to fix the rug, and then that knocks over a lamp. So she has to sweep up the lamp, but while she's sweeping up the lamp, it knocks a knocks a framed picture off the wall things like that it just gets worse and worse she gets downstairs she's getting a hammer to put a nail in the wall and then it destroys all the all the kind of um tool area the basement it's just ruined and then he arrives home and he just kind of starts repeating can't you do anything right can't you do anything right sort of thing and eventually she snaps and and again i think this was cut from the american version where he she hits him directly over the head with the hammer killing him and then and then it ends with the the visual gag of um she's like look uh, uh, everything is in its place and she's got all of his body and different bits in jars. And obviously his teeth are the Terry Thomas teeth with a big gap yes. in them. And and it's just like that's the that's the last image you get. But it's it's not funny, it's not scary, it's not entertaining, it goes on way too long, it's too repetitive. Yes. yes. It's it's just not good. So uh so if you do need to skip any of the segments in either of the films, you can, I think you can stick skip this one. Um, I would agree. Yeah, it's just not not great. I just watch it for a guy wearing knickers. Yeah, that's the funniest bit. That's the best bit. So, Dennis, tell us about the next segment. This trick will kill you. This is about magicians and magic. Oh, and just our, just our least favorite thing. Yeah, on, on a segue for me, I hate magic. I hate mm. magicians. You know, Co- I think, con men, con yeah, men. You said complete, complete con men. Come, they might as well just put um, you know, a black mask on and have a bag with swag written on the back because there's no such thing as magic, you know. And just because they can make something a card disappear and reappear, that's called a trick. It's not magic, anyway. <laughs> so we've so heard about this before, but anyway, let's see <laughs> about this story. Sebastian and his wife they're on like a working holiday in India to find the next trick, the next good trick. Um, so it starts off with this guy showing a, a bit of like, Ooh, look at this. I can do that. You know, Ooh. Um, and then Sebastian, the sport kind of 
out in basically by saying, no, no, you've done this, you've done that. Look, it's hidden here, it's hidden there, it's this is what's happening. Um, so that was um, so that was basically he's he's getting frustrated because he can't find that trick. So, you know, they're still looking around for the different different tricks, and they come across a guy with a flute. Is a flute, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, and like a like a snake charmer, isn't it? Yeah, like a snake charmer who charms this rope um, out of a basket, and then a, a, a woman climbs it, and they can't figure out how she's done it. So they go back to the hotel and think, "We got, we got to find a way of doing it. We got, we, you know, we need this trick. This trick is brilliant. We've got to find out how, how we can do it." So they invite the young lady back to show the trick off, and then they kind of offer money. And the you know the, the girl saying it's it's the rope you know it's it's not me it's it's it's, it's the rope that that is the that is the trick is the magic. Sebastian doesn't like this. Gets a little bit angry and um, murders the rope girl, which is not done really, is it? Not on, definitely not on. So he has a go trying to do the trick, can't do it, but then gets the flute and instantly picks up the tune. Uh, yeah, it's quite quite the quite the magician. Yeah, yeah, quite the magician. The rope goes up, which is really cool. His his assistant wife whatever starts climbing up the rope. Mm. It's oh, it can it can hold my weight. She's shaking on it. Or, you know, don't know why I'm showing everybody what shaking means because again, no <laughs> one can see me. <laughs> it looks very it looks very erotic from here. Thank the you. Why you were shaking then? <laughs> um, so she's climbing up the rope, and all of a sudden she disappears and screams. She disappears to the top. Gone. Yeah, she looks. She looks at the ceiling, yeah, and like she's seen death itself. Screams and then literally, quite literally, disappears. Yes. Now you see me. Now you don't. The rope then coils round and basically hangs Sebastian, the mm. magician. So it hangs him. He dies, and then the end kind of thing is going through the bazaar, you know, mm. uh, selling things stuff, and it comes across the girl, mm. the victim, mm. and. That's how it ends. Yeah. So she never died. She never died because it's the rope that is magic. So yeah. And then we kind of see, I think, do we see the rope like almost like looking out? I think oh, that's it. It hangs, doesn't he? Yeah. And you can see from the window. Yes. Now, it's not the probably the most the most kind of sensitive depiction of India, I would say. Um, I will what say do you mean, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> it's very stereotypical Ind- Indian dress and yeah, it's not. It's not what I would. Uh, it's it's not sensitive. It's not sensitive in in its uh, no. in its uh, stereotypical nature. Let's put no. it that way. I will say this for it: it does actually have Indian people, and there's there's a there's a, a section later again, which probably isn't the the most sensitive to to certain cultures. And again, it does have you know people of color. Thank God, because again, most most films like this probably at this time would would black people up unfortunately uh, and that is kind of, that was kind of the standard back then so at least they had that but yeah again the depictions are not great i kind of like this one and i kind of don't i think everything up until the bit where they do the murder and they're figuring out the trick is not that interesting really you know he's not you know, he tries to buy the trick. And they say no. He tries to do this. He's like, "Can you show me?" And then when they're trying to figure out the trick, they're like, "Oh, there's the wire and stuff." And I think the kill and everything at the end. I think the two moments where they both die is actually quite good and quite well done. But I think it gets it. It takes some drudgery to get there because he's quite like a miserable bastard. I think he's a good actor, but it's just there's not much to it other than. Like I, I can't tell you their character other than must find grumpy must find trick. 
Yeah, that's not, there's, you know, and she's there as well. And she's but, like, but Dan, you're missing you're missing the importance. It's illusion, illusion, trickery. But yeah, it's 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 fine. I don't think it's the best segment. But again, I did like the the ending of it. I did like the yeah. the finale works for me. Like, it's quite I like a short the... one as well, isn't it? It's not really long either. It yeah, feels I... quite short when it was on. I think maybe this one could have been stretched out a bit more. Maybe there was something else to it. Maybe he finds a different trick, or I don't know something else. Maybe because it was just it was very kind of one. It felt very obviously it's an anthology, but it felt very one and done. It was like oh yeah, yeah, and this and that and that are dead. You know, it wasn't there wasn't much to it other than these arsehole magician trying to steal other people's tricks. Yeah. You know, he's not. He can't be that good a magician if he can't come up with his own fucking tricks. So there you well, go. He wants a showstopper, doesn't he? That's what he's going for. He wants mm. like this this trick that nobody knows how he's done it or anything. It's that that kind of like, ooh, you know. Yeah, you do get a lot of these kind of horror stories that are based about on kind of artists' uh, obsession with their work and trying to find the next thing or the next inspiration or yeah. being the best in their field and things. So it kind of. It, it, you know things like whip. Well, I mean, whiplash isn't a horror story, but you know that's that kind of idea of trying to constantly working on being the best and being the best, and it, and the kind of mental, you know, uh, situation it puts you in to try and try and be constantly on the top level, uh, constantly outdoing yourself. So yeah, it does lead into a lot of kind of horror stories, and I I do like that though. Being a actor, former actor, so I can I can I can get that. And even as a podcaster, I'm a perfectionist. You uh, are to so a fault. very very much a perfect. So much of a perfectionist. I got Dennis to change three devices before we recorded. That's how bad the sound quality was on the other devices. It wasn't that bad, but I do it. You know. I want, it, it, I was, want to, it was. It was. I want terrible. you to be happy, so it doesn't matter. Your well, happiness is directly related to my happiness. Good, and vice versa, Dennis. Vice versa. And if you're unhappy, I'm unhappy. There we go. There we go. So uh, yeah, but it's it's a fine segment, but it'll do. The next one is the one you were going on about the. And I bar- can't remember. I can't remember this. Okay, don't worry. I can. So starts off and there's a guy again life insurance and yet again turns up in this so a guy is has given himself uh, an injection or his friend's going to give him an injection to simulate death so he's going to take some drugs whatever it may be and it get, you know slows his heart rate his pulse so he will appear dead i could do and- that injection when sarah's mom dad come around <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, carry on. <laughs> anyway, uh, so so his friend says, right, when 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 the time is right, come and get me. You know, I'll not have much air. I need I need you to come and dig me out, basically. Now the guy the guy dies, and next door there's two um, morticians who are like, oh, we need to practice. They're student morticians. They're like, we need to practice. We need to find a corpse. If only we could get a corpse. Very much kind of Frankenstein or Birkenhair type thing. If only we can get a corpse. And then they go. Well, he's just died, natural causes, a lot to play with. So they decide to go and dig him up. So unbeknownst to unbeknownst to the guy in the grave, the guy, the guy who was supposed to dig him up is just keeping the money. <laughs> he's just fucking off with the money, which I was like, yeah, maybe you should have like, I don't know, maybe there should have been a clause or something. Or, yeah, choose you know, your friends better. Yeah, maybe, because that's a lot of trust to put in one fucking guy. Uh, I would I would say. Um, but there you go. And he's waiting, he's scratching, and it's kind of like that film Buried 
um, with Ryan Reynolds. And these guys come and di- they get the grave digger to dig him up. And he literally leaps out of the grave like a vampire and, and screams his friend's name. The two morticians run off. And they're like, oh, fucking hell, what was that? It was a zombie, a vampire, I don't know. And then, uh, and then the gravedigger calls him back and says, "Don't worry, lads, I killed it." Uh, and he's he's killed he's killed the guy. So the guy is now actually dead. Sorry, he's like, "Sorry about the head." <laughs> you don't have to work for that bit. But that, that's basically the story. Again, are they I don't... called Tom and Jerry? Probably. Fucking. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure the two guys are called Tom and Jerry. That would not surprise me. It's a very cartoony, kind of gothic, grotesque one. But again, I don't think it's one of the stronger segments. But yeah, it's it's fine. It it doesn't it didn't set my world on fire. How about you? I can't remember it, so obviously not. Yeah, clearly, clearly not you're, that memorable. As you're talking about then, they're out there, I am getting flashbacks mm. of little things because they were like, you know, they, they want to work on um different bodies and they've got to wait for people to die and that kind yeah, of stuff. Exactly. Um, they need something fresh, need to very yeah, much like reanimator or something. They're like they need I fresh bodies. I think it just passed me by to be honest, because like I said, I can't remember that much about it. Yeah, well, we both watched these back to back, didn't we? So, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. so you know, you because you hadn't, I hadn't seen Vault, and you hadn't seen Tales. So I, you yeah. did it the opposite way. I did it. So I did Vault first, and then Tales, and you did Tales, and then Vault. Yes. Um. So yeah, and then the final one I think is probably the best sex- segment in this with Tom Baker, and they kind of during the the kind of framing device, uh, they kind of tease that like Tom Baker keeps. People are like, oh, tell us your story. You look interesting. Tell us your story. And he's like, no, not yet. Not yet. No. In in typical um, Tom Baker voice. Tom Baker, and, yeah. And hair. <laughs> yeah, he does have the hair. And he does have a, he, he does have that very long, wispy beard as well. Yes. Yeah, not not like, the best beard. He's almost like a cross between Dog 2 and Wurzel Gummidge. <laughs> now, that, now that is a show I'd watch. I know. I I I like this this one. Yeah. Um if for me it kind of had undertones of like a Dorian Gray type. Um, Definitely, yeah. Type, I was gonna type say. thing. Um so so basically um Tom Baker's character, I think he's called Moore. He's poor, he's living in Haiti. Poor Moore. Um, poor Moore. He's been told his his pictures are worthless, absolutely penniless, absolute shite. No one's gonna ever buy him. But then he learns that the people who have been telling him is 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 painting the shit. Um, I've sold them for hundreds and hundreds of pounds. Fortune, his pictures. Mm. So obviously, he's a little bit upset. He's a little bit kind of angst. So he goes and uh, speaks to um, a voodoo priest. Obviously, it's Haiti. They're going to have a voodoo priest. Mm. And what the voodoo priest basically does is empower his hands to whatever he draws, whatever puts on it, will become true. Mm. Okay? So first of all, He's a bit skeptical. He's like, yeah, whatever. So he paints a portrait of himself and then draws a line on the on the painting. Hmm. Next morning he wakes up, he's got a little cut on his cheek. So he's like, oh my God, this is great. But I'm not a complete dick. This is great. I love cutting myself. It's brilliant. This is fab. I can do amazing things here. So he swans off to, to Liverpool. Not Liverpool, London. <laughs> I don't know why I said Liverpool. He took the ferry across the Mersey. Yeah. Which, which is... Which is you know, he goes from Haiti to London, but he's got no money. Maybe that's voodoo as well. But anyway, maybe he just maybe he just drew a picture of him with loads of money. Yeah, flies over. That's what he should have done. Anyway, but he's not a complete asshole because he goes to them first and says, "Listen, you're not on." Basically, you know, you said these were rubbish. You've sold them for lots of money, and they just basically laugh at him and say, "What are you, you going to do about it?" 
Mm. You know, because it, it's this big this big uh, conspiracy with the reviewers because yeah. the reviewers were like the so the owners of the art, the art, his agent, and and the people who sell the art are all in this. It it was I, I did find it a little bit like okay, right, so that they've done that to do that and they've done that to do that. I, I did have to connect the dots a little bit. It wasn't very clear, I don't think, with the, no, the no, plot. The guy from Indiana Jones, I can't mm. remember his name. He's Den like, Holm Elliott. There he is. He's the kind of ringleader. He's, you know, the puppet master. He's kind of moving all the pieces of the jigsaw. So they basically... They're not going to give him any of his money. They're not going to start saying his artwork's very good or anything. And they're going to just keep fleecing him. Hmm. So Moore just walks out and says, you will all pay. Hey. This painting has got a death curse. Death curse. Goes back to his um, little, little studio and paints one of each. Of the three men, and they're all re- they're all actually really good. Oh, <laughs> really, really. Like they're good genuinely paintings. really yeah. good paintings of these people. They look exactly like the character. He doesn't. He basically then takes these pictures to show the individuals. What you know? Look at this. It's great. And then he 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 says things to him like, "You will see no more," and then pulls down the mm. pulls the the eyes out, mm. and then that. A, a grossy out moment with the eyes. Yeah, very seventies uh, situation with the wife's like, "How how long have you been sleeping with this woman?" He's like, "I care for you, but you know, I like to shag around. It's the twentieth century. What are you gonna do?" And then yeah. she throws she throws like acid or some chemical in his eyes. Yeah. Um, and then the other one, the other one, it's, it's the hands. In the yeah, he's yeah. he's using a guillotine, and he's basically he's he's warning that he won't be able to use his hands anymore. Mm. So. It, the guillotine's coming down. Is mm. no safety. Health and safety gone mad. I'm telling Jesus you. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And he gets both his hands cut off, which is which is quite cool as well. Yeah. That's and probably the, another bit that was cut out of the US one. I imagine. Probably. Yeah. The final one. He goes to the ringleader. He's he's out there, and but he's he's prepared for this because he's he's hearing what's going on with the other guys. Mm. So he walks in, pulls out a gun, points a gun at him. So he he shows the picture of him. Look, beautiful reveal. And then just goes up to it and sticks a red dot in the middle of his head, which I thought was a bit weird, <laughs> to be honest. I thought there was. Were you, was were, you, were you were you were you flashing back to the previous installment? Yeah, I was the, thinking the racist depiction of India. Yeah, I just thought it was a bit weird. Anyway, yeah. so so he's got the gun, pointing the gun, but his his hands moving towards him, and he ends up blowing his own head off. So after everyone's dead, he starts. Um, Tom Baker starts going. Well, I can't, I can't breathe very well. Mm. Oh, he, by the way, he's took his watch off and slammed his watch down. And says, "You have two minutes to live." So he can't breathe, and he realizes, "Oh, hang on, I put my picture in a safe." Crap! So he rushes right across London, goes up, goes upstairs, undoes the safe, takes the picture out, and can breathe again. So he's like, "Fabulous!" Puts mm. the um, puts the picture up. Looks oh, I didn't. I didn't get that. I actually didn't see that. That's quite clever because he's, he's it's in the safe, so there's no yeah. air, so yeah, he's yeah. struggling to breathe. Yeah, yeah, I didn't get that. That's interesting. That yeah. So then he puts the picture up, but then realizes he's left his watch with the guy who just shot his head off. Hmm. He's like, "Crap, I need to go." So off he runs again, but he leaves his picture up. And as in typical 1970s style, as a workman. Oh, this is brilliant. <laughs> painting on the smallest piece of wood you can find with a massive container of white spirit turps there. <laughs> and 
he's not even tethered to anything. Tethered no. to it. So he keeps moving backwards and forwards. So you're seeing it's, Wobbling it's, it. the edits is showing um, Tom running through town, trying to get a taxi. No one's, no one's stopping. Yeah. He's him. going to get the watch, isn't he? Yeah, so, yeah. Um, and then it flashes back to the painter tipping the old um, can and then back to Tom. And then mm. obviously the, the container falls, smashes mm. through the skylight and covers the painting in terps, white mm. spray, which instantly makes the painting run. And yeah, Tom comes to a, a gooey end a smushed end yeah you don't actually yeah. what's really good about that is it doesn't show you like the body or what happens to tom you just see the the painting just dissolving yeah. i just yeah. i love it it was, it was so fucking ludicrous <laughs> the turps it's just a big bottle of turps yeah. up there it just made me laugh i was i loved it but I was like, this is fucking stupid as well. Um, I I really, I, I really liked this one. I think there's, there was a bit more to mine there. And I think, again, I felt like maybe they could have got there a bit quicker. But um, I like that it, the that it wasn't just as simple as like, oh, it just occurs. Like mm. the, the cut on his face, he he draws that. And in the night, he has a bad dream. And then he falls into a smash, like smashes some pots, falls into that and cuts his face, just like the painting. And then, and again, he does something with, I think it's like an egg or something or a bit of food. He draws like, no, it's a bit of bread, actually. Bit of bread, he draws, yeah. yeah, he draws a bit of bread and then it falls to the floor. And then he's like, well, I'll, I'll erase a little part of the bread. And then a rat comes and eats some of it. Um, so I, I like the the learning of the powers and yes. uh, that that was really interesting as well. But yeah, I think it was again one of the strongest, if not, they've gone out with their best one last. You know, they yeah. finished they finished really really strong. I think in this particular film, See, I, I thought they were going to go for the the picture setting on fire mm. and all that kind of you know because mm. I thought that would look really. But I did like the smear. Of the mm. of the you know his face yeah, draining kind of stuff yeah it would be nice maybe if there was like a skull underneath or something like that yeah that might, yeah, that might have no. been cool but obviously it's a bit that might be a bit on the nose but they had fucking terps fall on the fucking they painting had, they so had, they had a they had a terps yeah <laughs> fucking big bottle of ter- that could have been literally any liquid it had to be fucking terps didn't it and it's written on it's nothing else than the concern about about from white spirit. Terps. Terps. <laughs> Just in case you don't know what either of those are, let's put both of the names yeah, on. Put them on there. Just um, to clear up clear up that. But, but then yeah, we it, go on. Yeah, this 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 bit just I, I don't understand it either. So they finish the stories and they all go, Oh, right then. Better get back in the lift then, aren't we? So they stand up to, to mm. carry on doing what they're doing with the day. But then they realize that basically the lift isn't going anywhere. Mm. And the damned for eternity to tell the shitty stories to each other Mm. i I read that initially the original idea was that they kind of come out as kind of corpses or zombies Mm. and i think there might have been another actor that played one of the other uh, parts that the men play within the stories um but again it's not there's not very a lot of information on it again i think the older the older i go back for like movies for like facts and kind of trivia it's a bit harder to find stuff out because again a lot of this stuff wasn't really recorded back then the behind the scenes stuff um it's only kind of like late 70s to 80s and onwards where you kind of get a little bit more trivia and facts yeah. and figures and things I, I, I just but yeah it's, it's not really a punishment for me like I, the other one when they you know they're actually in hell yeah and, and it's, a, it's a shock and a surprise because yeah, they don't know that and they're just going to sit down and, and gossip and eat drink wine and have some food yeah a bit of cheese and stuff and yeah. it's and the, and the ending again the ending breaks the the fourth wall and it goes you know we are destined to tell these stories 
over and over again. I was like, that's a real again, it needed a character to like an accusing character, a judge, so to speak, like the Crypt Keeper. But it was just like, well, let's just sit down and talk. Yeah, this is great. Like it's not like like Asylum's got a great, you know, yes. framing device. Yeah. And yeah. you know, and there's lots of other kind of um bloody anthology horror films that we could list you know body bags you know mm-hmm. we've got john carpenter you know as a fucking mortician freaky dead mortician talking about each segment which is great and that's that's all you need you just need like a little nothing i'm, I'm not asking for anything spectacular and it doesn't need to you don't need to pepper it or they don't need to be you know signs of them being connected or anything but you know, like think of a solid framing device like you've got time and imagination and yeah. I, I do think it is a little bit of a shit riff on the previous one um and again i think you do need that character because otherwise it's just like people are here like it like maybe if if it was a i tell you what what if it was um sleep therapy like it was if they're all struggling with sleep and they're all having these horrible dreams and they're sat around and they're talking about them in a therapy in a therapeutic way that would be much more interesting than yeah than what we got like that idea alone for i mean it's my idea so it's great yeah um obviously <laughs> obviously it's amazing but like that because that would that would give you the the impetus to talk about dreams and then you can go into this well my dream was like this then lead it into a big fucking twist at the end or do something yeah, yeah. like oh wait is this all a dream you know or something like that even that's fucking better you know and i hate all this was all a dream but fucking hell it would have been more interesting than just like yeah well and it's there's no kind of like there's no kind of tease to say that they know why they're talking about it or you know that it's already happened or anything like that like at least in the tales in the crypt one you've got you know like the brooch and then the the bloody kind of bit of material where his heart was taken out yes that sort of stuff is quite nice and again if you you watch it again and you notice those things that are great and i think this quite neatly leads us on to the comparison of the two films Dennis so um so as you know we always do uh five categories writing acting music cinematography and direction so let's start off with the writing which of these both written by the same guy what do you think is the strongest tales are you now are you talking uh, overall or are you talking maybe I think each I of think, the segments or I think the segments are a lot stronger uh, I think out of the five four of them are great two of them are fantastic I also think the bookend is good I like the staging of it and I think it kind of it's more engaging with with the audience I think having that having the crypt keeper there mm. keeping the threads together I think works works far better than just sitting around a table going yeah, let's tell a story. Maybe if, again, even if they were trapped down there, if they were really yeah. trapped and they were panicking, you know, oh, this reminds I, me of this thing where I, when was the last time I was this afraid? Oh, yeah, I remember this. I, I, th- I think with, with, with the Tales one as well, it's 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 kind of like packaged as a cautionary tale for each of them, hmm. even though they've already done it. And you kind of get ideas of that, like you were saying, the brooch hmm. and the, the red shirt and stuff. But it's kind of packaged as, you know, this what could happen. Hmm. If you don't, and I, I just, I, yeah, I just think, I think if you look at Vault, I would say the only one really that I liked was the last one, the, hmm. the Tom Baker one. Yeah. I think the other ones were very weak. I thought um, rushed in part. And like you're saying, the one, the clean freak one. Yeah. It, it just didn't fit for me. I quite like the vampire one, but again, it, it was just, it, the only good thing was the reveal for me. Hmm. I just didn't, I wasn't engaged as much. No, as I was with the other one. Yeah, I think I, I I agree. I agree totally. I think I think what they've done is they've gone. I really like these EC comics. 
let's get my favorite stories, let's write script about them. And they went, oh, fuck, this was popular. Let's do it again. Let's find some other stories, not quite as good stories, and do a do a version of them or a spin on them. Um, and, and again, most of them actually weren't from, um, from Vault of Horror. Most of these stories in Vault were for actually from Tales of Crypt anyway. Yes. Yeah. So it was like... You know, and some of them were from elsewhere as well, Terror Tales or something like that. Yeah, all of them around about the 1957-ish, weren't it? Yeah. 57 or 56. I think it might have been suspense stories maybe or something. But they're all from EC Comics still. They're still in the EC Comics brand. They paid for the rights to from the creators to use them. But yeah, I do feel it does smack of that. It's like, oh, this was really popular. Let's do it again, but with some other stories from that. Since we already have the rights, let's do more of that or pay them again. Uh, the same amount, you know, they, they use the same sets, they redress those sets, you know, it's very, very kind of, you know, but I also don't think the sets are very interesting to look at in necessarily no. the, the second one, but no, I agree. I think it's a bit more of a solid film yes. in, in, in whole. Again, I, I don't dislike Fault of Horror. No, I, just, I don't either. I, I don't think it's just not as good as, as, as Tales I, I, in I don't in think that it regard. helped the facts. Like I, you know, I watched, them back to back and i watched tales first mm. um i still would come to the same conclusion mm. um like i, I mean I, 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 yeah I, I watched them i watched them in the opposite way around and i still same came to the same conclusion yeah uh, especially about the writing so uh so yeah i think on the whole framing device is better and all the all the segments are a lot stronger for it um, the next, uh, the next, uh, a comparison is acting. So th- I think this is a slightly tougher one because I think they're both very strong in their performances. I think uh, arguably that's what carries it through, regardless how you feel about anything else. I do think the strength of most of these is the acting because it gives you it see, that gravitas. I, I, I would go towards tales as well, just because I think you know you've got Peter Cushion brings his A game, you've got Patrick McGee. Bings is a game. You've got Ian Hendry. Yeah, you've. I think you've got a, a kind of high, slightly higher caliber of actors. Mm. Joan, um, like Joan Collins surprises me because again, I'm just used to not really Joan Collins being an actor, but just being kind of a celebrity. Yeah, I, I, like as 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 old as I've been alive, I've not really seen her do much acting, quote unquote acting. It's more that she's a a socialite yeah. celebrity type. She goes to events and does stuff, but she I was mean, great. It, even the Crypt Keeper's cool in it. And then you go over to Vault, and for me, it ties into the best episode, which was the last one. I think mm. I think everybody in that one, Tom Baker, is brilliant. Mm. I think the, the, the Neat Freak one is just plain to kind of carry on that sort of stuff. Mm. I think the oh, isn't isn't one. this isn't this funny? This woman's yeah. you know she she can't clean her own house and and now she's gonna murder, isn't it? And funny? The vampire one has no depth in it at all. Nah. You don't really know anything. But like you know, go back to the the Peter Cushing one. Elliot who goes through the whole thing, he actually you know through his acting conveys that he doesn't. He never says that he's you know remorseful. No, but you get that impression of him. Mm. In the other ones, there's not really any of that going on. No, it's just that they're kind of arseholes and that's it. Yeah, so it's yeah. basically like, and I, I, like you said, like Midnight Mass, he's just a, he's just a killer. Like straight yeah. away, he's a, he's a murderer within seconds. And that's all we know about him really is that he's a murderer and that's it. It's, you know, and he wants the money and he, he likes his fine foods and wines and stuff, but that's it. And, and it's the same for kind of the other ones. Like again, the, you know, again, the guy burying himself, there's not much to that. There's not much, you know, like, 
some actors can elevate shit writing to a point, but I don't think they do it as well as. And I also think you know, Vault's got a distinct lack of like female talent in it as well, female um, yeah. actors in it as well. Absolutely. And one of the things that EC Comics did was they used to have lots of not just as like screaming women, hmm, you know, running sure. around half naked. They had strong female characters in the comics, like the final girl kind of yeah, aspect sure. of it. So to, to kind of have that and not a bunch of guys sat around talking about story. And even that sat sitting around a table, you know, you could clearly see that Tom Baker was the best one around that table when, yeah, when he absolutely. was, you know, building up his story and things. Hmm. But with the other one, I think everyone brought their own game. So I think for me, it's Tales. Yeah, and again, again, like me, me and my friend Andy have discussed this before. Just people sat around a table. It's not fucking interesting to nope. look at. It's not interesting to watch. It's not interesting to see. And again, like if they were just doing exposition, 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 which is kind of technically kind of what they do anyway, you know, telling their story. But when they go on to the stories, that's why I'm more interested. The framing device. Even the best actor in the world couldn't save that framing device. It is not a good framing yeah. device. Um, well, we'll just look at like Iron Fist and Shin Godzilla. All they do is sit around the table and talk about it. Mm. So, you know, that's not every, interesting. Every, everyone wants a board meeting. Everyone's yeah. like, like everyone's get, get, sit everyone sat around a table saying, what should we do? What do yeah. we need to do? No, I, 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 Tails for me. Yeah, I agree. Tails as well. Uh, Grim's, Grimsdyke alone wins yes. it, I think, yeah, for me. I think so. Um, I agree. And again, Patrick McGee in Blind Alleys, and and again the Joan Collins, you know, it's really surprisingly good. You know, I I, I didn't I didn't expect the amount of uh, intensity and mm. you know just her performance again. I, and unfortunately, that's because I've known her in her later I, years. I'm, I'm the same, apart yeah. from Cleopatra and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah, there you go. Okay, music. You did. I remember you saying again, same composer, but I remember you saying you really like the music in these. I think the music on both of them is fantastic i mm. think it's really the atmosphere is great you know you've you've got that um music the dread kind of stuff mm. in the light-hearted music in some bits i just i think the music's fantastic i i, mm. I couldn't choose a winner on this because i just think the music is in both of them is just really really strong typical yeah like, it's typical amicus and, and 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 kind of hammer and things you can you know you go back to the soundtracks and you go yeah. past to the music and it's just outstanding it's really, proper orchestra you know oh yeah you can't, yeah you can't you know proper, you very goth very gothic oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. like every, every one is is scored correctly you know yes. Even the India segments and the the Haitian segments, there is a bit of that flavor yeah, yeah, of, of yeah. those of those places. But, you know, you know, even when it starts, the, the music when it starts is very gothic, very kind of like mm. you know thumping. Bomb. So, I think I think there is classic score in this yeah. as well. It's used. And, so you have both. that kind of dread leading into it because you know this is the sort of music. But no, I I, I couldn't really. I'd I'd listen to them both without with you know straight and, away. and again and again the the intro is pretty boring it's just text yeah but the music is like oh shit we're in for something now even yeah. though it's like uh the amicus productions uh, yeah you know it's not not the most interesting of kind of introductions to a film but the music is enough you know the use of the music whether it's his original music or you know it's an orchestral you know a classic piece of music it still works and adds to it so yeah i think uh, maybe we'll call this one a draw i think yeah i would say so because i think i think it's just it's the same guy he wins mm. yeah. <laughs> anyway any way you could it he wins it's really yeah. really good music and again 
adds to the shittier segments. Like no matter what the segment is, even if you don't like it, you can agree that the music does exactly what it needs to do when yeah. it needs to do it. Oh yeah, very much so. Cinematography. So the look of the films. Um, I was saying <laughs> earlier that I don't think there's much. Again, the sets have been redressed for Vault, but I don't think the sets in Vault are very dynamic. I don't think they're visually that interesting. Other than the, I will say this, the mirrored sitting room is quite interesting to look at. It must have been a bastard to shoot, yeah. but but fucking hell, it, it looks interesting. And, and the graveyard at the end is good, but... Everything else in between is basically well, not that interesting. It's like it's like when when we opened, I said, you know, the crypt itself. It, you feel cold. It feels, it, you know, it's just a it's just a crypt. It's great, yeah. you know. But it, yeah. you know, you have like a, a dripping and you know a few shiny surfaces where water's coming. And again, it's it, and if if you look at the kind of individual the individual kind of segments, hmm. you know, look at the again the Peter Cushing one. You the way you know. Every time it goes to the rich people, yeah, it's nice and bright and flowers. Mm. And his is filmed a little, with a little kind of filter on it to make it look mm. a little bit darker and things. And it's, it's little touches like that to me that kind of just and then the, it over. And the P and the POV thing, the whole section with the POV, that's really interesting. Mm. Even if you're not that keen on the segment, you have to say the POV makes it kind of makes that segment, you know, and that's interesting. But unfortunately, Vault doesn't do anything really that interesting with, no. you know, its camera, its shot composition, um, you know, even the even the the claustrophobia you feel during All Through the House with Joan Collins, you know, you feel that and you feel like it's a really cramped small house that he could easily get in. And the second he gets in, you're fucked, basically. And yeah, no, I, I have to, I have to say, yeah. And the blind alleys, the blind alleys yeah, segment, yeah, yeah. like that, that alone for cinematography is great. Yeah. You know, it, the tension it builds, the lights, yeah. you know, the the eeriness of those blind people, you know, roaming around and doing stuff, and people not knowing what they're doing and things. So yeah, tail, tails as uh, as well for that one. And finally, direction. I think, I, I think we've already discussed. Yeah, which segments we think were the best. Mm. So it's got to go to Tails, hasn't it? I think. Yeah. Out of five, four is great. Even the weak one is is watchable. Yeah. Um, and two of them are outstanding. You go mm. over to Vault. One one of them is dog shit. Yeah. And and two or two or three of them are okay. And then you've and, got one amazing one. Yeah. But it doesn't. It can't save it. Unfortunately, no, because it's, it's too it, late. It started with that one, maybe, but it ends with that. Yeah. So you kind of left wanting. But then, in a way, in a way, you know, if you are watching this, you know that's coming up. Yes. Then you've got something to look forward to. Yeah. And and now, if people are listening and they've not seen it, they'll go, "Well, maybe I'll just skip to that one and just watch that one." You know. But I have to agree. I think tales across the board, pretty much. Mm. You know. Uh, I know. You know, the music was a draw just because it's the same guy, basically. But I have to say, yeah, there's no there's no tiebreakers today. It is going to tales. From the crypt. Yes. And there's a reason why they use this as a title for the TV show and not Vault of Horror. Yes. I, you can clearly see that there's something more interesting. I do, I think I do prefer the more American style Crypt Keeper because of the zombie and the animatronics yeah. Yeah, and yeah. the and the humor, uh, yeah. which is a lot more fitting with the comic. But I think Ralph Richardson was really good and he like he holds the screen. That's again what you don't have. Like Tom Baker's the closest thing in Vault. 
Um, but yeah, that's everything really. So we're coming to an end. So uh, Dennis, you're still not on the social medias, I take it? I'm a bollocks. Of course not. So where you can find me, so it's uh, at Secret Balls on Facebook. It's at Twitter. It's at Twitter. It's at Dan underscore Balls on Twitter. Instagram, it's Spider Dan Secret, Spider Dan Secret Balls. Uh, review, like, share, comment, subscribe, etc. Don't forget to use the hashtag prepare for prattle when you interact with us. If you want to join the Prattalion and be briefed in full on the Secret Balls, uh, swing over to Prattle World at www.spiderdanandthesecretballs.com on the World Wide Web. I'd like to thank my patrons on Patreon. I am Jack's Musings, Paul Meller, Max Byrne, Scott Hodgson, Simon Cotton, Mike Burton, and Angry Andy Reviews for their continuing donations. It is very much appreciated and helps Prattle World keep on turning and if you ever find yourself in a position to help the podcast please consider it so yeah it was uh it was an interesting one to uh I, to I, compare. I enjoyed it i think I, I said to you didn't i when when I, we chat when we had a chat before that i was looking forward to this one because mm. i've not done a comparison for ages i love mm. horror movies i love amicus i love kind of um this sort of horror mm-hmm. genre and stuff. So I was really looking forward to it and it didn't yeah. let me down. Yeah. I enjoyed, I enjoyed uh, going back and it's not, um, it's not often I go and look at kind of early British horror in like the seventies and sixties and stuff. We should really do that. You know, we do, we do some, we need to do some hammer at yeah. some point, I think. Uh, and maybe another one of these, maybe another yeah. one of these. Well, well yeah. I'll, uh, cause I think it'll be nice to talk about a couple of films as well. Uh, that are close to your heart near and dear, but thank you again, Dennis. This has been no, no, fun. Thank you, Dan, as always. Always. It's uh, never a chore, always a pleasure. No worries. Well, I'm sure we'll have more horror stories to uh, to fill <laughs> our listeners' ears with uh, in the future. So uh, check us out sometime soon with more dirty, dirty deeds from Dirty Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye. See you later.